She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. We know that Donald Trump has surrounded himself and possibly given instructions to Michael Cohen, someone who he has trusted for a very long time. Mm-hmm. We know that Donald Trump is engaged in this behavior. This is just, you know, a con that's gone a little too far and now the federal government is involved. Mr. Lanny Davis had his client plead guilty to two offenses that aren't offenses that the prosecutor insisted were offenses. That's why he's no good. I think the American people have a right to expect on a bipartisan basis that the investigation will be thorough on both sides. Exactly. You know, despite what the New York Times and Vanity Fair and all the usual suspects want want to make of this, this is only part of the story. We got to live with it. We got to get used to it. We got to live with fake news. There's too many sources. You can't have censorship. You can't pick one person and say, well, we don't like what he's been saying. He's out. So we'll live with fake news. I mean, I hate to say it, but we have no choice because that's by far the better alternative. We believe in the right of Americans to speak their minds. And now, Stacey Washington. Oh, my goodness. Welcome back to the show. If you're like me, you're like that. We're, we're just moving and grooving. We have had a fantastic show so far today, and it's only going to get even better, continue to be fantastic here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Go to American Family Radio's website, AFR.net. Hit the subscribe button. Also, do you like our parent company's page, American Family Radio, on Facebook? Also, American Family Association. We've been designated a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. That's a badge of honor for us because they only seem to attack people who are seeking to work out uh, their faith in the public sphere, helping others to work out their faith. So, so be it, Southern Poverty Law Center. Thanks. Hit the like button on those pages. And then um, join me over at Stacy on the Right on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Love to see you there. Let's go back to the phones. We have Jim in Texas. Hey, Jim, thanks for holding over the break. Yes, thank you. Sure. Listen, uh, we love your show. Oh, thank you. You always do a great job. And uh, my my only comment was about uh, was about Cohen and uh, you know allegations against Trump and those mm-hmm. kind of things. Yeah, I, I think the uh, media and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people think well, uh, Trump would wouldn't have possibly. They're trying to spin it like Trump wouldn't have got elected if this somehow got out or something. Yeah, and you know, to me, it's almost like a joke because to think with the person that he's running against, Hillary Clinton. And her husband, Bill Clinton, and the things that he did and, and the things mm-hmm. that we witnessed with him and the stuff he actually did inside the White House. And then because of some some person had an affair in this country, I mean, I hate to say it, but it is too commonplace. You know, it's not God's will, but it does go on. And to think that that would have any influence on the way I voted because I, I could not stomach voting for Hillary. There was just no way we were headed too far left we would there's just no telling where we'd be right now if she had gotten in office i i love what you just said there because it's so common sense and i i know the reason why jim they can't they can't understand that the media types because they don't see anything wrong with hillary clinton but the 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 question i have for you you're calling from texas you know you're calling from god's country i was born in texas so i got an affinity for texas i i want to know from you Will it make a difference? Whatever they decide, whatever they can ham-fistedly, you know, trump up against the president, 
Will it make a difference for you in 2020 when the president is up for reelection? If the Democrats are running another Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton herself or one of the others like her, will you still feel the same way? Would make no difference to me at all. I mean, I, I, w- I will vote for him again. If whoever, whoever, uh, whoever the Republican candidate is for that, I will vote for him. And it's not because I'm lockstep Republican. Because uh, the only thing I can see that the Democrats, they have just gone so far off. My dad was a Democrat, mm. and uh, he taught us, whoever's in office, you respect the president, whoever he is at that time. But um, I, uh, they're so far away from what he was voting for when he was working, uh, a, uh, and he was actually a union member. They were good back when he was in it, but it's, it's just changed so much. I agree. Thank you so much for calling the show today. I'm, I think the, the point that you're making is one that Americans across the country would agree with. And these aren't the, you know, the mainstream Americans who, you know, are, are on NPR or are listening to the hardcore left. It's just hardworking, everyday Americans. Like, I'm like you. My parents are still Democrats. Um, I remember when Democrats were conservative and they believed in family values and they weren't very different from Republicans and, and that's when my parents were really staunchly Democrats and taught us those ideals, not about being a Democrat, but about being hardworking and having a family and, you know, not having kids out of wedlock and all that stuff. That was what I grew up learning from my fa- my parents, going to church, working hard, loving America, flying an American flag. These are not those same people. And I think the point you're making resonates with millions of Americans. And it doesn't really matter if the mainstream media gets it. What matters is if we turn out and vote. And I just hope people will pray and then turn out and vote in the midterms. Don't leave it to somebody else to do what you feel like needs to be done. Thank you, Jim, for calling into the show. Um, I, and, and, you know, if you're listening to this show and you're not of the same political persuasion as I myself are, you know, you got you to gotta pray and vote and do what you feel is best, too. Um, but I think Jim made a great point there. There's it's not. Like, so I guess the thing that really gets to me and I think. Ann Coulter, you know, she's a research queen. I mean, honestly, if if you want to see exactly like it's not just that she's giving her opinion here. She's actually got the quotes. She's got the imagery. This headline Putin led scheme to aid Trump report says that was the banner headline on The New York Times. These people are pulling out all the stops. They have pulled out all of the stops to convict this president in the press. And now they want to convict him through the Mueller investigation of something that if you read this book, you know, for sure, he really hasn't done much. If you compare him to <laughs> Bill Clinton, you know, and I, one thing I notice um, about liberal cohorts is this is what they say to me. They say, oh, so that's all you've got to defend Trump. You, you just always got to talk about Bill Clinton. Obama's not the president anymore. You always talk about Obama. Well, it's appropriate to compare the treatment of the current president with previous presidents. That is not that's not odd. And if Democrats were being treated to the same double standard, they would have a problem with it. They would say, oh, my goodness, these Republicans, they don't know God. They say they claim they believe in the Bible. But look at how they're acting. Look at these double standards. How could these be real evangelicals? I mean, I've gotten all the insults. And Coulter's done a good job of cataloging what they've said and done and what they've been guilty of and putting it into perspective In comparison to Donald Trump, who really, you know, the Access Hollywood tape is the worst they've got on him, that he paid somebody to be quiet about an affair that they had because he was married at the time. That's all they've got. 
so I run down before I'm not doing it again today. All of the different things that Bill Clinton did. I mean, look at the things that happened, the scandals under uh, Obama's watch. No, he didn't have any extramarital affairs, but oh my goodness, the scandals in his government. Come on, the gun running, all of it. It's just crazy that they think we don't remember any of that stuff. So let's now talk about Molly Tibbet and the response. You just heard the top of the news from onenewsnow.com. This person, this illegal alien who has killed her and led the police to her body, he is arraigned in court today. So you've got this MSNBC chick. She's on, you know, the TV. And, you know, y'all can't, nobody can get me. And none of y'all liberals can get me for calling her a chick because I'm a chick too. And also she's black and I'm black. So don't, don't, pl- don't try me. Um, she's on MSNBC and she's talking about uh, Molly Tibbetts and, and Donald Trump. She's really, she's trying to make this connection between, um, the president and ICE and his support of ICE and his support of strong borders and the fact that according to her this you know when this person that that passed away it's just like this really flippant attitude towards the death of another person and as she's talking her name's Christina Greer she's frequently on MSNBC so she, this isn't her first rodeo and anybody can make a slip up on TV so let's get that out of the way first anyone can make a slip up on television anyone can go on and have a bad night or what have you this isn't that this this isn't that okay since she's come forward later and apologized but i want you to hear what she said because this really is uh, exhibit a for how they feel about the victims of illegal immigration they feel this way about Americans who are killed, raped, kidnapped, assaulted, the victims of violent crime at the hands of illegal immigration. But when we talk about the illegal immigrants themselves, well, I mean, they're untouchable. How dare you detain them? How dare you separate children from people who aren't their actual relatives to protect them from further rape and assault and sexual abuse? How dare you? But if you're talking about an American born in America who happens to be white, who happens to have been jogging along a road and killed by an illegal immigrant, well, now, you know, we don't care about that. Let's listen to it. It's number two. I don't see, and this is, I've been ringing the alarm on the show for months now, the separation of powers is not working because the Republican Party has not stood up to this president, not once. So even if there is a guilty verdict from Manafort, even though Cohen has turned himself in, eight counts here, eight counts there, I still think that they have been so willing to move the goalpost every single time with this president, no matter what he says, no matter what he does, right? The fact that he was even sworn in as president after the Access Hollywood tape let me know for a fact that the Republican Party is actually not working on behalf of the American people. They are working on behalf of Donald Trump, and he's been able to bully them into their silence. And I don't think that today changes much, unfortunately. I'm sure we'll hear what he has to say about uh, this at his his rally. But Fox News is talking about, you know, a girl in Iowa and not this, Mm -hmm. right? And tomorrow morning, we know he'll wake up and tweet and sort of, you know, besmirch the reputation of Michael Cohen and all the people around him and really go back to Mueller. And this is obviously going to boil down to Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. It's not boiling down to Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama because they're not being tried for anything. They're not being subjected to a witch hunt. Hillary Clinton actually should be tried for something, but she never will. Uh, You know, uh, Christina Greer will never have to answer a question about that. 
I mean, I, I just, you know, I'd love for her to come on my show and just honestly, not for a ringing through or some kind of, you know, horrible back and forth, you know, nothing hostile. I just would love to know why is it okay to prosecute Donald Trump for his perceived wrongdoings and to go after him with a special prosecutor, but it's not okay to do the same thing to Hillary. She deleted emails. She, she intentionally destroyed government property. It is the government's property, your emails, all that stuff. When you work for the government, all of that stuff belongs to the people of the United States. She deleted it. She also paid for the opposition research and then pawned it off as real stuff through her cohorts in government. Why, what about that? What about the misrepresentations to the FISA court that enabled them to in, in, basically flout the law on surveillance and surveil a candidate for the presidency? There's so much there to unpack. She's, she's also, she trivializes the death of Molly Tibbetts by saying some girl in Iowa. So later she comes out and this was on MSNBC's The Beat. That's what you just heard. And again, again, her name's Christina Greer. She's a frequent MSNBC guest and a professor at Fordham University. So she came out after she received a huge backlash for saying that on TV. She comes out and she says, you know, Again, the quote was a girl in Iowa who Fox News is talking about, not not a University of Iowa student who was brutally murdered by an illegal alien. But, you know, uh, you know, just a girl who Fox News is talking about. So she gets all of this backlash on social media for saying that. So then she goes on to social media and she issues a quick statement. She says, well, first, she she says, I'm a victim. Um, You know, my my. I offer my condolences. My comment was unintended. So here's a tweet from her. She, and she's Dr. Underscore CM Greer on Twitter. Yesterday, I said something flippant that was unintended. Molly Tibbetts was a promising young woman who lost her life. I don't know. Where do you think she lost it? She like just tossed it off on the wayside and couldn't remember where she tossed it. Molly Tibbetts. She lost her life. She wasn't brutally murdered. She lost her life. It's like you lose your car keys or you lose your cell phone. She just lost it. It wasn't brutal. It wasn't something that happened to her that shouldn't have happened because the person shouldn't have been here. She goes on to tweet, my hope is that her family will find peace and justice and that her murder is not used to justify a discriminatory immigration policy. Hashtag apologies are my own. Okay, thanks for that garbage apology. I mean, we have to accept it, but it's, it's garbage. All right, when we get back, we're going to have more for you. Stay there. Stacey on the right. of the time, an abortion-minded mother who views an ultrasound or sonogram of her baby will choose life. Here's the story of Candace. The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen. And knowing that there's life growing inside, I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. There are currently pre-born centers which do not have an ultrasound machine. Would you sponsor a machine today? Dial pound 250 and say keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Your love can save a life. 
This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. Recently, Jay Cost wrote that the Declaration of Independence was more radical than any of the men who signed it. Once you understand that important point, you can give more credit to the document than it currently receives on most college campuses. The standard line is this. Thomas Jefferson wrote that all people are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. But he was a slave owner. There's a significant disconnect between his words and his deeds. Jay Cost, author of the new book, The Price of Greatness, argues that the Declaration set in motion the means to remove all governmental privilege. Over time, the Declaration was used to eliminate property restrictions for voting, then abolition, women's suffrage, and voting rights of African Americans. wrote in the first draft of the Declaration of Independence that the king waged cruel war against human nature itself, against a distant people who never offended him, captivating and carrying them into slavery in another hemisphere. These words were rejected by representatives from the southern colonies. Jefferson also expressed his opinion that slavery was a hideous blot and that it constituted moral depravity. He also led an effort in the Virginia legislature to ban the slave trade. Later, he proposed a program of slave emancipation and even urged federal legislation that would have banned slavery in the territories. None of that is to defend Jefferson, but at least to provide some context that is often missing in both academic and popular discussions of Jefferson and the Declaration. The document may not have banned slavery, but it did provide the foundation for the changes we enjoy today. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. Take Kirby and the Point of View team with you on the go with the Point of View app. Search for Point of View Radio at the Apple or Google Play stores. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. It's hard to know the good guys and the bad guys. I should be criticizing Trump on every level because he does certain things that calls for criticism. But when I look at television and I see all of these announcers become experts and they're pointing their fingers and they're not doing the doggone thing but pointing their fingers, I find myself really pulling for the president. Now, that will make me very unpopular in the black community, very unpopular with a lot of Americans. But I think that there are certain good things that are coming out of this presidency because we've never seen anything like it. I mean, uh, there's confusion. A lot of people are retiring. A lot of people are giving their uh, 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 opinions. And we have to really deep down, dig deep down inside to come up with the right kind of an answer. But here's my answer to all who wants to criticize me or who don't believe that I'm a good American. I believe that I have to work on myself first to be as good a person as I can be to back up my country in the best way I know how. And the second situation, I should be helpful to those people who need help that don't have life as good as I have it. And if I do those two things, then I'm thinking, I think I'm making my contribution. Oh, well, riots in the streets. There's a black man, Jim Brown, telling the truth about his support of Donald Trump. And he boils it down to what he's doing to help the least among us and telling the truth. And the rest of it, he just doesn't care. And this is something that you're going to find over and over and over again with black conservatives, especially, but minority conservatives 
you know, in particular and people on the right in general, which is at the end of the day, does it really matter how many people email you mean things or say mean things about your family? Does it matter how many times someone uses the slang, you're not invited to the cookout? Does it really impact you when you know that there are people out there who just because of political ideology will set you aside and say, you're just not worth it anymore. And then there's a whole world of people who are willing to judge you on who you are and what you believe and whether or not you're, you're, you're a person of character. I'd rather take my chances with those people. And so when I hear someone say, and this, this happens quite a bit, I mean, I can't tell you how often it's like every week someone will tell me sometimes to my face, Oh, I, it's so sad because you think white people care about you. <laughs> I used to get really upset. Like what? I, what? I don't even know what to say back to that. Like, first of all, which white people are you talking about? And then Second of all, why are you going there with it? If you disagree with me politically, why not just disagree? But that's because there's no argument that can be had from the left that can withstand the facts and logical presentation of the truth on the right. So it has to be, well, you just you just doing stuff for white people, but they don't care about you. So so uh, okay, if no white people care about me, and I'm not sure that's exactly accurate, but let's say it is. Now what? So if, if, if it's about caring about me, I mean, how does that change my political views? In other words, well, they don't really like you. They're just using you for your political views. Okay. I heard someone actually describe a working relationship that way. I was talking about consulting for somebody and said that, um, that this person said, you know, we're not the best of friends, but the consulting relationship really works because I can provide this consulting service and their company really needs it. So in the truest sense of the words of of the truth of that relationship, it's really not about the two individuals liking each other. It's that they have a business relationship where one person's providing a service to the other and they're exchanging money for it, capitalism, and it's working out for them. And so in that instance, if you said, well, that person don't care about you, They would say, no, they don't, but they care about the service that I can provide. Now, if you're breaking it down to that, I'm working for my employer, I'm getting paid for my work, there it is. But if we're talking about things that we believe politically, we all know it goes deeper than that because for the Democrats, it's like a religion. It's not a religion for me. I don't believe in conservative principles or being a Republican or anything like that as a belief system that is overarchingly more important than, say, my belief in God my belief in the Bible, my desire to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, and I mean, come on now, marriage and family, then you get into the politics that then you're like, okay, the politics are kind of important, but only as a tool. And so it's about right living. And I think if you, if you listen to what Jim Brown was saying, you know, he's a, he's a black guy, he's older, so he's been through some of the tougher times in our country as it pertains to race relations and he made it through unscathed and he's an NFL Hall of Famer. So he's an accomplished individual. He's not someone who has tried a few things and failed or just sat around and not tried anything. He's someone who has literally he has a history of excellence under his belt. And he seems to me to be saying that it's the morality of the issue that's important to him. 
helping those that are less fortunate, being out in the community and being a part of trying to help raise people up. Interesting that he doesn't see the fact that he supports Donald Trump and some others might, uh, you know, have a problem with it as something that would change what he would do on a daily basis. He's saying, I'm going to still go out there and I'm going to help people and I'm going to still tell the truth and I'm going to support this president because he's doing things that are improving people's lives. I don't know. I just, I, I think, you know, that that's important. And if more of us approach this whole situation in that way, instead of just saying, look, I'm a Democrat or look, I'm a Republican. Okay, good. But now what? Now that you've shared your ideology, now what? Does that mean, you know, if you're a Democrat, does it mean that you believe in running people out of the street? Do, you know, they can't be in public. They can't pump gas. They can't buy groceries if they support Trump. If you are a Democrat, do you believe that Antifa has the right to set cars on fire and burn things to the ground whenever someone comes to town to speak that they don't like? Do you believe that ICE members should have their home phone numbers and addresses and their wives and children's, you know, whereabouts exposed to the public so any crazy lunatic can, you know, pick them off? Do you think that Republicans who work in the House and Senate should be gunned down on baseball fields? And, and I know I know what happens. Democrats will say, well, of course, I don't believe that. But you support a party that is condoning that the media is condoning and making light of what's happening to Americans who support Donald Trump. We're being called Nazis. And remember, we're all Americans. Our shared enemies are actually Russia, China, um, you know, some of the more rabidly pro-Islamic nations around the world, Cuba. If they had any might, they would do some serious damage. They can't. And, you know, it's because of the communism that they don't have any might. But if they had some, you know, they wouldn't just be down there um, doing whatever it is that they do. So when I look at all this, you know, it's just like we're just listening to Jim Brown telling the truth here. And in essence, you know, he's just expressing what a lot of Americans believe, just like our caller from earlier was saying, you know, I'm, I'm. It's not that I adore Donald Trump. It's that we're talking about Hillary and an existential threat to America as we know it. Obviously, you're going to choose Donald Trump. And wow, what a benefit that in choosing him, we've gotten all of these additional benefits. He's actually followed through on a ton of what he said he would do. And on the rest of it, I hold hopes that he will. No guarantee, but I hold hopes that he will be able to follow through on and really shoring up that spending, which is kind of out of control. I have a comment here from Tracy Knight on uh, one of the streams. He says, I'm white. I care. Not only am I white, I'm Alabama hillbilly redneck white that understands that if black and white Christians ever lock arms in the world, we'd be unstoppable. And he's right. That's how the body of Christ works. When we join together and say, you know what? you need to do what arms do. I'm going to do what legs do. We're, we're the body of Christ. Let's work together instead of fighting each other. That's when God's work gets done on this earth. When we're taking care of the poor and the sick and we're able to do exponentially more than we're able to do when we're distracted and fighting each other. The comment by Tracy is amazing. It's, it's the truth. Um, uh, yeah. So the sound that, so someone called in and said, make sure I get my sleep. They can hear stress in my voice. 
I'm trying to speak into the microphone and be a little louder because we've had these audio issues where people say they can't hear. And so that's me trying to make my voice a little bit louder for this. And, and I think what we'll probably do this week is we'll try to get a sound check done to figure out what the issue is with my microphone not being loud enough. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm getting some sleep and I'm also doing some walking every day because you know, if you get outside and walk in the, in the, the nature it's, it's a blessing to you. You come back feeling so de-stressed when you go out for a walk outside. And I have a treadmill, and I'm grateful for it, but I actually prefer to walk outside. And I think when the winter comes and I can't walk outside as much anymore, it's going to be kind of a bummer. But, yeah, I'm, I don't mean to, to have that. It's like I'm trying to project to get my voice to be loud enough in the microphone so we can hear it. And we, what we have going on is this is amazing. I'm really grateful that. American Family has afforded me the opportunity to stream my show to different areas, but that means the equipment is all kind of, it's working together. It's like, you know, we've got the live streams, we've got the live show that goes all over the country. We've got Periscope and YouTube and Facebook. And so to make all of the sound work, you know, we, we, we have to have to do a little more tweaking, but it's, it's coming together. It's the sound is better than it's ever been before. And I, I believe it will continue to improve. Um, so I want to give you this, this is kind of a big deal again, because of the whole Michael Cohen story, you're not going to hear about this in, uh, you know, on your mainstream channels, but I was able to find this story today pretty easily because it is important. Rubio, Senator Marco Rubio vows to cut off aid to El Salvador following their China policy change. So if you're wondering about the China policy, every nation on the face of the planet has to decide whether or not they will recognize Taiwan as its own independent country or if they will bow to the Chinese government in their assertion that Taiwan is a part of China. Now, the Taiwanese people want to be their own people, but the Chinese people won't let them go. So that's the stage. Senator Marco Rubio, as a Republican from Florida, has vowed to work to cut off aid to El Salvador after the country's government switched its diplomatic recognition from Taiwan to China. And it's a major policy shift. It's a move that could usher in the first Chinese controlled military base in the Americas, which should be very concerning to all of us, especially if you care about foreign policy and American dominance. You don't want to see China with military bases in our Americas, North and South America. We we don't want that here. It's a threat to us. So Rubio slammed El Salvador's decision to switch diplomatic loyalties from Taiwan to China, writing in his Twitter feed that such a move would be a terrible mistake for the government of El Salvador. He went on to question why the U.S. would continue to provide so much foreign aid to El Salvador after such a dramatic diplomatic shift. Now, he actually called President Trump about this and they spoke. And Senator Cory Gardner, Republican from Colorado, is working with Senator Marco Rubio to draft legislation to end foreign aid to El Salvador after their leftist government has abandoned Taiwan. Rubio and Gardner are writing an amendment to the minibus appropriations bill that the Senate will consider this week. Taiwan earlier on the same day, Tuesday, yesterday, announced that they would sever diplomatic ties to El Salvador in advance of their anticipated shift to China. Taiwan had refused to foot the bill for the Port of La Union project. Now, you might be wondering, Port of La, La Union, what, what could that possibly be? And why would they need to foot the bill for it? So I want to get a little bit of detail on that. And um, 
it's this this is something in arrival. So Port of La Union has arrivals and uh, shipping schedules, et cetera. It's a very small port in El Salvador. And there's a live map online that you can look at that has the schedules for ships coming in and ships going out. The schedule for vessels who are arriving, which are port calls and a list of ships who are currently in port, a company register and a local weather forecast. So this is a port on the coast of El Salvador and the Chinese want to be able to use that port for their ships because they currently have a number of warships in the vicinity of the United States, as they always do, observing our missile tests. I saw the story about that uh, yesterday as well. And so what's funny about it is that if you're that concerned about the Russians meddling in our elections and, and challenging our sovereignty, then you would definitely be concerned if the Chinese government was making a play for a port in the Americas so that they could have a military base here. Wouldn't that be like supremely of interest to you? Yeah, I think it would, except it's not because it has nothing to do with eliminating the presidency of Donald Trump. And that's why they're not covering it. It's that simple. It's crazy that it's that simple, but that's all it is. It simply does not matter because if it doesn't have anything to do with unseating Trump, then it's irrelevant. And also, I want to give a shout out of amusement to the people who I, I put out a tweet about Molly Tibbett yesterday and it got a little bit of traction on Twitter and I got a whole bunch of liberal trolls who came into my feed to talk about gun violence and a whole bunch of other stuff because they're not claiming any responsibility for Molly Tibbetts' death because they advocate for sanctuary cities and illegal immigration. So they're deflecting. They want to talk about you know, mass shootings and the NRA and et cetera, et cetera, instead of just owning up to the fact that their, their standing policy of sanctuary cities and pro-illegal immigration is what keeps bringing up these deaths of these innocent young women, just, you know, gunned down, shot down, killed, what have you. So there's a couple of articles. What's interesting about Marco Rubio is he does a whole bunch of his Twitter feed in Spanish. So if you're American, you can't even, you know, you can't even read that stuff um, unless you speak Spanish. He also, and I don't know if you guys know about this. It, I don't know if you've ever been to Rocco Rubio's Twitter feed, but he actually incenses liberals by tweeting out biblical scripture that's along the lines of uh, Republican Party platform items. I mean, it's pretty amazing. He gets, he gets right up under their skin. All right, we're going to be back with more right after this. Stay there. This is Just a Minute with Stacey Washington. Normative behavior is defined by reference.com as the standard of correctness that follows the rules of society. Who or what governs what is normal in society and how we treat each other. News stories show a fraying in what is considered normal. Let's face it, our norms are under attack. We now regularly see elected officials call for violent protests and the word resist has become a clarion call for uncivil behavior. It is not normal to harass people in public, period. It is not normal to incite violence against people that we disagree with. It's not normal to react to the truth with violence. Degrading our norms can only progress if we allow it. And make no mistake about it, each of us has a choice on whether or not to join the mob. Stand firm in refusing to allow the destruction of our norms by speaking the truth in love. If that is rebuffed, shake the dust from your feet. I'm Stacey Washington. 
Find out more at StacyOnTheRight.com. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, have you ever seen that bumper sticker of a fish with legs? What's that all about? Chris, that bumper sticker is a direct insult to Christians and the God of Christianity. It's a perversion of the Christian symbol of the fish, which has been in place ever since the early church days. It's interesting to note that this has almost become a religious symbol with evolution. We've been saying for a long time that evolution is a religion, and now they have their religious symbol. Chris, they have to have symbols because they really just don't have any evidence that evolution has occurred. Evolution is not a science. It's the religion of naturalism, the idea that there is no supernatural God behind it all. At least that's how I see it from a Back to Genesis perspective. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Visit our web store at icr.org store and use the promo code FACT at the checkout when ordering your That's a Fact DVD. This is Fox on Justice. A memo from a lawyer working with the Office of the Special Counsel investigating possible wrongdoing by the President of the United States. The memo outlines a strategy for interviewing the President and urges the Special Counsel to be tough on the President. Quoting from the memo, The idea of going easy on him at the questioning is abhorrent to me. The president has disgraced his office, the legal system, and the American people. He's tried to disgrace you and this office with a sustained propaganda campaign that would make Nixon blush. He should be forced to account for all of that and to defend his actions. The memo was written August 15th. 1998 to special counsel Kenneth Starr, and it then lists a series of graphic questions to President Bill Clinton about his relationship with the intern Monica Lewinsky. The memo writer was a 33-year-old lawyer named Brett Kavanaugh, now awaiting confirmation hearings as President Trump's nominee to the Supreme Court. With Fox on Justice, Hank Weinblum, Fox News. You can watch a live stream of the show on Facebook or YouTube at Stacy on the Right. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Are there any thoughts about the balancing act? I mean, I'm having to also, uh, so that urban Democrats, uh, Democrats of color, feel like you're representing them too? When you're in a state where um, every single Democrat on the statewide ticket was defeated in 2016, when you're in a state that uh, voted for the Republican candidate for president by almost 20 points, you've got to do everything right as a Democrat. Um, you can't just worry about motivating your base, although you've got to worry about that. You can't just worry about making sure you're accessible and available and listening to people who disagree with you, although you've got to do that. You can't just worry about talking to independent voters who voted for Jason Kander and Donald Trump or voted for Mitt Romney and Claire McCaskill, but you also have to do that. So in order for me to win this campaign, honestly, I mean, this is as candid as I can possibly be. i got to do all of it perfectly. I got to do everything. I can't make mistakes. I got to do it all perfectly. I got to be everywhere. I've got to be working harder than I've ever worked in my life because that's the only way this is going to work. This is going to be a very close election. Okay. I'm sorry. I could, I burst out laughing uncomfortably when I was listening to her uh, talking about the coattails of President Donald Trump on the electoral ballot here in, in Missouri. Now, that giggling does not. Uh, you know, alter the landscape here, which she's trying to paint herself as this underdog coming up from, you know, an impossibly Republican electorate that she's had to bend over backwards to 
uh, you know, kind of please these horrible Republican red staters. This is impossibly red state. Yeah, it's not actually impossibly red. Uh, Missouri is a show me state and we often have divided government. And the only reason we didn't have divided government this go round is because the Democrats ran someone who was just unacceptable. He was just unacceptable. And so the reason why Republicans and Missourians turned out so hard in 2016 is because the existential threat of Hillary Clinton was too much to stay home for. And we were tired of the kinds of things that we saw from Claire McCaskill. She's not pro-life. She's a Catholic. She claims to be a practicing Catholic who receives communion on a regular basis, yet she does not believe in the church's tenets of life being protected from conception to natural death. She doesn't believe in that. She actually sides with Barack Obama in, you know, that's above my pay grade. If a baby is born alive after a botched abortion, well, I don't know. Just let it die. I mean, I, I can't say what you should do with it. It's above my pay grade. She's a Catholic. Now, I'm no Catholic. And I'm, I've, I've actually, you know, I don't have to be one to be able to recognize that she is outside of her church's doctrine on abortion. It's not choice. It's abortion. And it is against the Catholic Church's doctrine for her to support it. The fact that she's allowed to receive communion is actually a pox on the priest who gives it to her. She should be forced to undergo the shame of not being given communion until she comes into right standing with the church's doctrine on life. It's just that simple. It's not partisan. It has only to do with what the Bible says about when life begins. So she's not actually bending over backwards or being perfect in any way. She sides with the resistance. She's okay with Antifa. And she voted against the nomination and passage uh, you know, onto the Supreme Court of Neil Gorsuch. If she really wanted to be perfect, she would have said, you know, I can't actually find anything wrong with him. He does not appear to be unfit or incapable of executing his duties on the Supreme Court of the United States. Nay, he is actually well-qualified and perfectly suited for the position. Regardless of political ideology, he belongs on the Supreme Court because he has been nominated. But she voted against him. And I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts, not actual cash, I'm not a betting chick, but dollars to donuts, meaning the metaphorical, you know, uh, not, not real betting, I still feel pretty certain that she's going to vote against Kavanaugh. She might, she might shock me, but I'm pretty sure Claire McCaskill, in order to shore up her more liberal-leaning constituencies in the inner city of St. Louis and some of the suburban, you know, moms demand action types, because she's on the wrong side of guns, too. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. And I've invited her on the show to talk about it. So just in case you're sitting there, you know, new to the show, welcome in. Thanks for being here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. And you're upset because I'm telling the truth about Claire McCaskill. I invited her on the show. My producer has reached out and not received any word back. And we know she gets mail from me because I've written her as a veteran and gotten a form letter back before. So we know her stuff works. Claire McCaskill is not willing to come on the show and talk about why she's on the wrong side of so many of these issues, why she plans to vote against Justice Kavanaugh, another well-qualified nominee to the Supreme Court of the United States. She plans to vote against him. If the state is that red, why doesn't she just decide to vote according to what her constituents have indicated to her 
The fact that no Democrat won statewide, tell, that, that's telling. That means it's time for her to move to the center. And uh, she doesn't have to change political parties, but she needs to represent the people who've elected her. And if she doesn't plan on doing that, then perhaps it's time for someone else to man that station. Now, she says it's going to be a very close election. Probably so. I actually hope it's not that close. I'm not in favor of someone who is as rapidly pro-abortion as Claire McCaskill is representing the people of Missouri. So again, I I also want to just point out there's, and I know Twitter is the wild, wild west and um, it's often not representative when you see people on here tweeting these crazy things. It's because they don't believe they'll ever be held accountable for it. But I got to say, there's some really vile tweets on here um, from people who can't be held accountable for their tweets because they have pseudonyms for their names on Twitter. And they're saying here, and they're, they're actually discounting the death of Molly Tibbetts. And it's, it's not that I'm so obsessed with this one particular death. It's wrong. It's a tragedy. It's horrifying. Most people who I see on my Twitter feed, they're not caring about it because it's not their child and they don't have any empathy. But the fact is for the Molly Tibbetts and Kate Steinleys of America who receive the national media attention, there's at least 2000 other moms and dads who are grieving their kid being killed, whether it's their adult child or their young child or two year old, what have you. There are at least 1,800 other families who have suffered through the horrors of a kidnapping that may or not have resulted in the death of their loved one. There are over 13,000 other American families who've suffered through a violent altercation where the illegal immigrant had a gun and they either died or lost their life or lost a loved one or were shot and maimed in the course of that interaction. Hundreds of thousands of Americans are grieving or recovering from interactions with illegal immigrants. They matter. Their voices matter. They won't ever be on Fox News. They won't get the attention that the Kate Steinle case has gotten or Molly Tibbetts. And, you know, if you're in my Twitter feed, I think, you know, God bless you for tweeting me about how, um, you know, I don't care about the victims of mass shootings and I'm politicizing the death of Molly Tibbetts. It's so cute the way you have zero ability to think through from point A to point Z and understand the lay of the land here. This is about illegal immigration because an illegal immigrant killed her. If you want to talk about people who are American citizens who've killed people, they're American citizens. The fact is we have enough American citizens who are out killing folk without bringing in illegal aliens to do it. I mean, are you saying that you think that some other American would have killed Molly Tibbet if this illegal alien hadn't done it? So, you know, it doesn't matter. The fact is she would still be alive. If you're an American citizen and you're here and you kill somebody, you're already under the justice system. We hope that you would be prosecuted and sent you know, justice would be done and you'd be convicted and sent to prison or, or the death penalty. But if you're here illegally, you've already broken one law and you shouldn't be here. You should be in your own country killing people if that's what you're going to do. Not here. That's the point. And the fact that liberals seem unable to comprehend that 
I just don't believe that. I don't believe that liberals don't understand what I just explained there. I believe they act like they don't understand and they deflect because they don't want to give up on their sacred cow, which is importing votes for the Democrats. And if you're supporting that, how can you? How can you? So when you look at Molly Tibbetts, you know, online communications, it appears that she was a, um, you know, a, on the left politically. Doesn't that matter to liberals? A person who politically was one of their own? So nothing else matters except that they support illegal immigration. That's where we are right now. If you want to call in, uh, we have some time left in the show where we can hear from some more callers. 866-963-2037. 866-963-2037. I was just scrolling through the Twitter feed and looking, and, and it's just some really hateful things on here. I mean, people who act like the wall won't do anything. Here's, here's, here's a lady, Elizabeth, who calls herself the gentle scorpion. What is that wall going to do besides sit there? How will it stop people from tunneling under it or flying over it to get here? You act like people can't use forged documents to get here. Y'all won't stop. Your wall won't stop another woman from being here. It won't stop anything. Uh, Yes, it actually works great. Ask Hungary. In Hungary, they have the wall. And the wall prevents people from coming in. To the south, southern border is, um, southern border has a wall of Mexico. The southern border of Mexico, they have a wall. It helps. Um, and, and so we just nothing but like there's people on here. I had to block a few people for calling me names and just and then you look at their Twitter feed and it's like, you know, two followers. You know, they've been blocked so many times. They just don't even try anymore. They just sign up for a new Twitter account and come on and, and do as much damage as they can. Um, and and there's a lot of people on here who are kind of like Molly's wall, build that wall. You know, Kate Steinle, don't waste your breath. Um, yeah. And one lady who says, I'll unpack this carefully. The only reason these murders occur is because we don't allow these Americans to be legal citizens. Don't you see? They're already branded illegal. Surely it's only another few steps to murder. Can you believe that's the thinking process of these people? Democrats actually believe that if a person is here illegally and they're not made legal immediately, that the next thing they're going to do is murder somebody. If you're an illegal immigrant, you should be insulted by that because not all illegal immigrants kill people. I mean, <laughs> that is some pretty stunning logic. Democrats have such a low opinion of illegal immigrants that they think as soon as they enter the country, if we don't give them amnesty, they start killing Americans. And there's nothing we can do about it because they're already Americans. They just need to be made legal. Meanwhile, what do they think about black people? That we can't get IDs to vote and that we're also, you know, somehow subpar policies don't help blacks. You just I mean. If you just uh, it's amazing the things that Democrats think and will tweet about minorities. I guess they feel like they've taken one for the team by supporting a minority. So they get to have, they get to say all the things. So the Democrats are worried about Mueller getting fired. Um, and they're also worried that, you know, the president will do it. And Cohen says that there's a conspiracy that was going on to collude. And he's not going to accept a pardon. 
which matters. That doesn't even matter. First of all, Trump's not going to pardon Cohen. And second of all, if the president decides to pardon you and you've been convicted of a crime, you know, it's not like he sends you a note and says, will you accept this pardon? You just get pardoned and you can say you don't accept it, but your crime has now been pardoned. Boom. It's done. It's not going to happen. I don't even know why he's talking about it. The president is not going to pardon him. Now, the New York investigators have subpoenaed Cohen in their investigation into the Trump Foundation. Meanwhile, none of the Clinton Foundation's activities have been investigated. And the people of Haiti, did you, uh, did you know that Haitians actually protest the Clinton Foundation pretty much year-round? They protest because the Clinton Foundation raised millions of dollars for Haiti, but instead of giving the money to the Haitians, they used it to fund Chelsea's wedding and a bunch of their own private things. They spend like $8 per 100 on actual helping of people in all of these different countries they claim they're helping. 92 of the dollars go to the Clintons. Isn't that amazing? $8 out of every 100 go to somebody who is in need. The rest of it goes straight to the Clintons. But New York is investigating the Trump Foundation. Not the Clinton Foundation, the Trump Foundation. The double standards never end. That's the show. Thank you for being here today. God bless you. Have a fantastic night. Find me online, (laughs) stacyontheright.com. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of Urban Family Talk, Urban Family Communications, or American Family Association.